in the cast today Not because happening. it is the unbalanced note. We're back for another week. It is February. It is after Valentine's Day. We are very excited. Jacob, how are you, sir? <laughs> what was More that, power to you, Jarvis. <laughs> Jarvis. What's his name again? What's his name? It's Jarvis. It's Jussie Smollett. Just- oh, look, I just went out for a sandwich. Yeah. And I was in mega country. <laughs> Can we? Oh, we got to talk about that. We're dude. being topical. That's here. the hit of the town, right? It now. is. It has something to deal with music because that's what Empire is. But we are the Unbalanced Note on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, BoomstickComics.com. I'm Brian Kluger, and joined by the redheaded uh, Make America Great man himself, Jacob Douglas, aka Jarvis. Dude, I've been trying to make America great since '84. '84. Out of the womb, I was ready. Out of the womb, he was ready. We are going to have a great show for you today. It is cold as hell in Dallas. It is rainy as hell in Dallas. It's mid-February. It feels like winter, but we're inside having a good time. Like it is the summer. Hopefully, we're inside having a good time tomorrow at the fireworks display <laughs> at the Cirque de Soleil <laughs> at, the, at the Kiss concert. Yeah, the Kiss concert. Let's hope. Well, we're we're hoping. We'll cross your fingers for us. Reddit and cross your dicks. Um, ooh, ooh. Ivy Tavern, dude. <laughs> Ivy Tavern. Yeah. We, so we usually do lunch before the cast today, and we made a side pit stop at Ivy Tavern, which Jacob has never been there. It's a little dive bar. It's a real shithole, but it's really—it's not amazing. a shithole at all. Actually, no, it's, it's actually yeah, it's great. A, that's a great bar. It's a great bar, but uh, yeah, we had a shot, so we're feeling good. We've got some Miller Lights on the table. We've got WWE mugs on the table. It's good, and our main event today is going to be the blues and maybe surf music legend, rock and roll legend, dude, Freddie King. We'll talk about him much later. The and then Texas Cannonball. We have a great one hit wonder. We'll get to later. We have a question we asked on Reddit, which we can't wait to read about, and we have some news. But yes, let's start with the news on the unbalanced notes. In mid February two thousand nineteen, I'm excited about the Reddit question because I was I, you know, I've been saying I'm like, man, we got to do this. Yeah, well, we have to. We, crowd participation is key. Correct. That's what makes the the no, whole thing good. work. It's good. Okay, first bit of news. First bit of news on the unbalanced note: the Violet Femmes announce a tour. They're touring with the band X. Not X going to give it to you, but the band X, the 80s band. Xine Cervinka. Are doing a U.S. date tour this upcoming spring. Dude, they're they're playing at that Jerry Jones Music Festival thing, the Kaboo Fest. Oh, they are? It does mm-hmm. not say that on here. They say they're playing in Austin at ACL and in Houston at House of Blues and in San Antonio, but it does not say Dallas I'm yet. pretty sure they're on there. Okay. But yeah, Violent Femmes, man. What, they're They're famous. Yeah, they they were at the time of like a remember the presidents of the United States of America moving to the yeah. country. But the Violent Femmes were like that weird three piece band, but like they only had like bass, saxophone. Right. And you drum. mean you know the Violent Femmes? You know the do 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 do. Right. There you are, right there. Yeah, that's that's Violent Femmes you didn't. Right there. You never told me you were a one man Violent Femmes cover band. I am with my voice. And hands. And hands. And select my, clappage. My hands. My my, my hands. <laughs> my hands. These hands. Would you see Violent Femmes and X in concert? For free. For free. You wouldn't pay. <laughs> Ten bucks? No. No. Why not? 
Why should I? I don't like that kind of music. Okay, well, there you go. I'm not the goth. I'm a fucking redhead. Like, I'm pasty, but, like, I don't wear black. I don't need to accentuate my pastiness. I wear summer colors in winter. Right, your pastel colors. Yeah, I can't. That's too much for me. Easter is all what you're about. No, and I like talking to girls. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend the goth community. Like, look, no a goth person that's... or. Someone that likes this kind of shit. <laughs> right? Like, I like chess and stuff. Whatever. You like chess? And yeah, stuff. the board game. You know? Yo, I know what chess is. Yeah. What does that have to do with violence? There's not a lot of... It's like Rush. Like, chicks you don't... you like Rush? Though. I do. I know, but chicks don't like Rush. Like, girls don't like playing chess. You gotta play some dumb game like Uno. <laughs> you, know what I'm, you know what I mean? Like... No chick's going to fuck you to listen to fucking violent films. That's probably... They're, you're not going to get laid doing that. You're going to have some that's true. discussion about saving paper bags. Yeah, who wants to do that? No one. No one wants to do that. So while you play Uno... And violent films. No. You play like Uno and Freddie King. No, well, you, you play chess and Freddie King, right? No. No, we're, we're wrong. Yeah, chess is lame. Chess is Bobby Fischer. I like chess. I, what? I like chess. You don't like chess? I do, but what I'm in the in the violent films are lame. Why are we even talking about them? Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> You're it's, a musician. That's why I don't like the violent. Films. So no, <laughs> yes, but in this bit, new bit of news. SoundCloud has now allowed you to distribute your music to Spotify and Apple Music. What do you think about this? That they're just trying to get you to give them stuff they can make money off of. So how? So if you had a SoundCloud account, I'm uh, sure you do with your. I band. don't. Never. No. Never. No. That's the people have to start getting away from this kind of technology. Why? Why is that? It's too convenient. Like you look for. To me, I look for musicians to find the direct connect. Point, okay. Right. In the Spotify generation, like millennials and that kind of shit, there's all these fucking. You have to go through like three sponsors to even hear the fucking music. You had to sit through two goofy commercials and then something about like why smoking cigarettes isn't isn't good for you. Like they they give you some sort of narrative. And they make you think a certain way before you even hear the music. Because that's the advertising. That's how they're able to steal the music. Because they're going, oh, well, well, we're giving you this exposure to this different audience. But this audience that is somewhat there. Like when Bohemian Rhapsody happened, right? The phenomenon. How yeah. many How many people do you think really soaked in the meaning of like what Bohemian Rhapsody was really all about? Nobody. Yeah. One percenters. I'd say 10%. Okay. But it spiked on Spotify through only because of advertising. Correct. Because people were, you don't have, just because you click something on your computer and say you're listening to it, like you have the WWE network going. Correct. But you're not watching it. It's just, I've seen it already. Right. So you could do that with one song and just circle it, right? So listens, I think. They need to start judging music on two different platforms of physical sales. It's like athletes and steroids. Like okay. They should legalize them, and if you're taking them, you have to say you're taking them. If you're not taking them, then you're not taking them. You can take the test and go, I don't need them. It's cheating. It's the same with music. 
So because if what they've done is like created this fucking hot air balloon of dog shit that's just going up in the air. So and you don't think like a very indie band that like has inter- no way to get noticed, but now if they sign up for like the SoundCloud Pro or Pro Unlimited, they can actually distribute their music easier to Spotify, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, and anything else. Yeah, but that's that's a they're prostituting themselves out for nothing. Because the return of what they would get, they would basically be making all the companies you just named right more money, three times the amount. Yes, and they'd be seeing two cents if that. Yeah, if that. It's not like it seems like a good idea, and as a band, like in a touring band, or you know, a, a band could look at it and go, "Man, we could get rid of this." dinky van that's barely getting us from point a to point b with the money that you know the eight thousand dollars spotify might give us we can buy this tour bus or you know upgrade the van right but in the other side of it it's like well that's kind of like what happened to hendrix like there was a money return that was getting sent in a totally different direction like there was a big deflection of money like what the art because they, the artist wasn't getting paid. All the right. middle, well, all the, the middle. Same way it is now. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. But now with technology, you know, back then people saw it for what it is. Now they're so fucking blurred with ads and fucking click this. Look at this new yeah, game. Right. No, I, fucking agree, I agree with it. Click the block over here, and these, these all fall down. The attention span isn't. I don't know. It's fucking weird, man. All right, moving on. You mentioned uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. We have to. Add, we have to talk about this since you mentioned it queen is going to perform at the upcoming oscars for bohemian rhapsody interestingly enough on february 24th original members brian may roger taylor and now adam lambert not original uh will be performing live at the oscars uh for the film so i guess if you want to see i wonder what song they're gonna play bohemian rhapsody maybe or crazy little thing called love. They're going to have Vanilla Ice come out and they're going to do another One Bites of Dust. That'd be badass. Bam. Well, first off, to not even mention John Deacon in the thing, there's... They didn't They didn't mention him. Yeah, but he should win the Oscar. Like, if if the Oscar goes to, it should go to the, the surviving members of Queen. Because without, without the three of them, and John Deacon wasn't really that much involved in the Queen movie. Well, I don't understand why it's even being nominated for a song. I didn't think that they could do that because it's already an existing song. It's not a song created because for Because for performance, uh, God. Just for entertainment. There's a tax law thing, and then there's a fucking, like, they re-recorded it. You remember when they went, there's a version of the song with... The actors singing it, right? It's probably for that, but it's it's smoke and mirrors because yeah. they're going to give it for the, the they could in, in theory they could win this the grant the Oscar for best original score, Which even is though crazy. none. But it's never been used in a movie before. I you should know that there's well, a fucking, there's best score and best song. It would be song, it would not be score. But score, but I don't think they're nominated for that. I think it's I'm, like best. I know, but what I'm saying is they could be. That, this is exactly why they're nominated for the the thing you're talking about. It's weird. Not really. It's 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 smoke and mirrors. Okay. It, I don't know, but they're. Pl- I'm not watching the Oscars. I'm against it. So um, when's the last time you even watched the Oscars? I think three or four years ago when Leo oh, that finally won. I was wanting Leo DiCaprio to win because he's never won. Was that when Lady Gaga rubbed her ass on him? Not that I. I don't know. Do you remember that? Do not remember that. 
She won an award, and he's like sitting there, right? His his elbows out. I remember something about yeah, that. And then was that Lady Gaga? Yeah, it was Lady Gaga. It was she had. I don't remember what movie it was for. Well, he won for The Revenant. He, he it wasn't him though, because she got up and walked past him, and when she did, she was wearing this real tight like yeah dress that was very like meaty. Turn that goddamn phone off. <laughs> yeah, and she bumped her butt into his elbow, and then he like gave her this look, but he only looked at her ass, and his eyebrows went like this. Weird. No, it was incredible. It was an incredible moment captured on film. I'm trying to remember that. I just yeah, it was the last time I watched. I don't give a shit about it's a, it's the it's like that doesn't mean anything. It's like watching the Super Bowl. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. I it, mean, like you and I love wrestling, correct? But it's like, is it really going to change anything? No. A great concert can't even change that. A political g- debate can't even do it. It's true. Like, and we're worried about what was the question? The yeah. Oscar for, the, goes to what? The Oscar goes to Washington. All right, movie. It go, the, the Oscar goes to Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein because he did a lot of good movies. <laughs> he uh, made those movies happen. Yes, he did by any means necessary. Yeah, maybe he's a, he's kind of maybe the de- textbook definition of a victim of circumstance, <laughs> right? He's a product of his, of his environment. Well, of course, it's he not is. like who do you think taught him this? Old brown-eyed Frank Sinatra, probably. That's how you get things done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. Can't sit around waiting all day for cookies to bake in the oven. <laughs> we got to make this happen now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, it is mid-February, and we all know what that means. And basically a month, month and a half, we're going to get uh, Record Store Day 2019 taking place April 13th. It is announced that Pearl Jam are the ambassadors for Record Store Day 2019. Jacob, I know you're a part of Record Store Day. What do you think about Pearl Jam being the ambassadors this year? They should have been the ambassadors the first year. It's interesting because last year, Run the Jewels uh, was the ambassador, then St. Vincent in 2017, and Metallica in 2016. I, so now... You're a, you have to be a Pearl Jam fan. I mean, I enjoy Pearl Jam. They're not my favorite. I never really got... I have. I've have you ever seen family. them live? No, so I've never seen them live. That would win you over. I, I've, I've had friends and family go to see them at like Wrigley Field recently. Well, live. the best and place I've only ever actually seen them in Dallas, and I would only think they would be good to see here because they're so political, right? Like he is a fucking far left Democrat, right? Eddie Vedder. So every time he comes to Dallas, I saw him. Let's see, I probably saw him three times during the. W administration, okay. maybe at least two, because I remember both times he he went on an anti Bush tirade during the set, and and the whole crowd was booing, <laughs> because I mean, political beliefs aside, at like a rock show, yeah, most people are going to boo you because they don't even want to hear it, right? Like half the half the population of the United States, whether they say doesn't even vote, they don't even participate. So I would think half of those people are the 40% of people that go to concerts because they don't want to be inundated with the bullshit. Right. So you're already going to get booed. And you're in his fucking home state, yeah. city. Like born in Dallas, right? Who, George? W. I'm trying to remember if he was born here. Either way, it doesn't matter. But Pearl Jam kicks ass, dude. But Pearl Jam should have been the first ambassadors of Record Store Day because... 
in the 90s, CDs were the thing. Yeah, or you couldn't find a record. No, and there was like Pearl Jam, I think the Melvins, Nirvana, uh, Soundgarden. They were the bands that went to major labels. Alice in Chains, and, and they insisted on their albums. Like every time they released a new album, yeah, they made the label make records. At at a time when no one was even buying vinyl, they were they were the few bands that were going. Well, no, we want to have our album put out on record. Like, yeah, we get the CD trend, but all the bands we like have records, right? You know, and we want to release a record. So, do you- so they've always been pro vinyl. Which is great. So do you think with them being ambassadors, they're going to release like a live or a reissue or something else? Probably something live, I bet. You think so? Yeah. Dude, Pearl Jam kicks ass. I'm telling you, they're they're kind of the easy band to make fun of because they've been around for so long. But hell, right. dude, when, man, when they came out, that first album was inescapable. Like, there were some great songs on there. Even the, the, the hits. Right. Like Jeremy, right? That song is about fucking taking a gun to school. Like killing your classmates and shit. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, like they those guys wrote a fucking song about it that made it onto the radio. <laughs> they would do that now. No, fuck no. Pearl Jam. Well, they, they kick ass, dude. Like they were a. I think they're they're kind of a punk to me. They're a punk rock band, but not in sound. No, even in sound because really? they even they they mask it so much. They kind of kiss their sound. Like, there's this safe barrier that's around mm-hmm. it. But then when you listen to his lyrics, you're like, God damn, this is... Like, as an example, you know who Dennis Rodman is. Correct. He says that Pearl Jam saved his life. I Yes, I do remember that. He and it still says it. Yeah, because he was going to kill himself. Right. And then there's a song on the that first Pearl Jam album called Black. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking great song. Kind of sounds like, Neil, like a Neil Young type thing and yeah dude rodman swears dude he's like i was gonna i was going to kill myself and then that song came on and it just turned the lights on they're the pearl jam man dude pearl jam kicks ass dude like that's an incredible when you can how many bands can say we saved a celebrity's life <laughs> yeah nobody right who who, who would want to and a lot of people don't understand what pearl jam actually is like the name Oh, it's it is something totally fucking weird. It's like a food. It's cum, isn't it? No, no. I thought it was. They used to say that, but I thought it was some sort of like their mom made some sort of jam. I, <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> no. I'm serious though. Like, look it up. I, I, I'm not. I'm not kidding. You'll have to Google it, and I'll be right back. Yeah, Jacob's going to take a little sabbatical. Crack that beer open. Yeah, he has a few beers out on the table, so he's he's in his rants right now. But yeah, I mean, I I do like Pearl Jam. I do. I just I've never gotten into them to the fact where I've seen them live numerous times. Um, I think I own some of their stuff. I believe on CD somewhere, but I don't own any like record albums of theirs, like vinyl. So. Um, We'll have to change that at some point, but it's just not a top priority for me. But I know a lot of people out there like Pearl Jam, but they are the ambassadors for this year's Record Store Day, meaning you could probably expect an announcement that they will 
be releasing a live album from somewhere, if not a reissue, or something else. Wow, you just came out. I didn't even wash my hands. Oh, my goodness. That's... Well, you don't need to, you know, hopefully. You know. I felt bad I let you out here. No, I'm talking. I'm wiping talking on your stuff. chair. I was just wipe. Can I wipe my hands on your chair? Yeah. I wiped them on my pants. Good. It's even more disgusting. <laughs> but I have to ride home with myself. And it's a, well. Pearl Jam kicks ass, though. I, I were, is that who we were still talking about? Yeah, I was just, I was ending it. Because we're moving on to another piece of news, a bit of music movie news. Uh, Peter Berg, who directed The Rock in um, oh the, the the Rundown, the Sean Connery movie. Peter, no, the Rundown, not the Rock. No, yeah, the, you said the Rock. Yeah, the Rock. Dwayne Johnson, uh, the wrestler. Uh, Peter Berg is directing a, uh, a documentary on Chris Cornell with Brad Pitt going to produce. Oh, I, I read about this. Yeah. So, and I guess Chris Cornell's uh, widow Vicky will be helping out with it as well but uh chris cornell uh documentary coming along um, dude he was so fucking good so and i like peter berg i like his stuff and brad pitt producing brad pitt's a good producer so there you go i'm in when's the last time brad pitt did a movie uh, deadpool 2 maybe oh he did that thing on netflix i like burn after reading that's a great movie <laughs> he's great in that he is good. Dude, Chris, did you ever see Chris Cornell live? Nope. Wow, dude, you really missed out. I did. He was, that was a, uh, like as a, as a guitar player, like I'm always kind of look like thinking like, man, if I could have anyone, if I could make the perfect band, who would be my singer? I would, Chris Cornell would be in like my top five. That guy really? had, oh my God, dude, that guy was, he was, a combination of like everything you would look for in a musician. Like he could kind of command that you watch him by either w- what he was doing or how he sounded. And he could turn it on and off at any given point. That's cool. Yeah. So, he, he killed himself, right? Accidental overdose, they right. say. But yeah, they think that like pharmaceutical drugs had a, big hand in it and yeah. he was like de- his wife was saying that like he was severely depressed and he didn't want to be on the road and yeah you know there's a lot of factors that go into like Touring, be, yeah. do yeah that's a lot of work yes, and it and it's road work too because like what do they say like a body at rest or a body in motion isn't a body at rest or something like that right it's like well, i mean well, you're constantly on the moving you're, you're always away. moving yeah. like there's no and then when you get into the physical side of it, it's like, you know, rock and roll is fun, but like even, you know, painters, you know, they got, oh, my shoulder hurts and, you know, oh, you don't know what it's like to stand on a fucking stepladder all day and paint lines. And it's like, well, no, we don't. But, you know, we're not asking to understand it. We're liking it because you can, we can hear the, the reality of what's happening. Right. Dude, like with Chris Cornell, dude, whatever that guy said, saying, you felt it. Like there was nothing fake about it. Right. It just had that, like, just so sounded. Did you see this movie? Fuck yeah, I would love to see this movie. Good. How okay. about that Motley Crue movie? <laughs> you seen that? I have. Oh, I know there. So I saw some news about it, but I didn't, because we've talked about it a little bit, but yeah, there is a Motley Crue, Tommy Lee movie there, coming out. There couldn't be a worse time to put this movie out, right? Like, think about it. 
the Me Too movement, drugs and alcohol are bad, mm-hmm. right? Vince Neil fucking killed someone <laughs> driving, right? Like involuntary manslaughter, and he got they got it dismissed. This movie is going to fail. Like the Queen movie kicked ass because if they would have re- released it like the eight years ago when. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was going to do it. Right. Yeah. And he would have fucked. That would have been great. It I actually, I still haven't seen the movie cause I don't want to, it's, but I think he, if you won't like it, I won't like it. Cause I, I, I have zero interest in ever seeing the movie. You know, you know that. No, I, I, I watched it and I, I know, was, I know the real story of queen. Correct. And this you is know not the I mean? real story. No, I know that. And it's unfortunate that it's the greatest hits of queen with, shit but it, in there I, it's crazy though because to me the real story might have only made 600 billion dollars instead of 800 billion dollars it's that sacrifice thing that happens with brian may and roger taylor that we're talking about because that's why john deacon isn't involved in the queen thing because he's like dude when freddie died that's the end of the band correct they've been a band longer Without Freddie. Yeah, no, he was not the first. Freddie came in later. But, but what I'm saying is. But Freddie took post, him to that place. Post Queen, because Freddie died in what, 93? Yeah. Queen was a band from 73 to 93, so, which is 20 years. Well, from 93 to 2019, that's 26 years. Right. So they've been a band. Longer without their front man. And they've never released but, but they've always been capitalizing. And this movie, the reason that I knew I didn't want to see the movie is because I knew they were only going to focus on capitalizing on Freddie's death instead of the beauty of Queen the band. Well, they, they didn't capitalize on Freddie's death. They don't show him dying in the movie. Right, because they, the alternate cut. Right. I mean, it, <laughs> it ends with... It alludes to... Well, right. But they didn't spend time on him in like the early 70s. Like they blew... They blew right into the 80s. So, I mean... Literally. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, they, they kind of start out in the young, like, when he first joined the band, and then them doing their first albums. But, it, like, it goes by so fast. Yeah, that's what I'm like, saying. It's, it's, it, it had to have done that. Because yeah. the, you, can't tell the, you can't tell the 70s story to a generation of millennials. Correct. Because of the reality of what's happening. Right. Every everything about it would instantaneously be wrong to this generation. They're trying to sell the movie to right. That's what. That's why they blew right it's, past. It's just, I mean, it's good to hear the music, but it and Rami Malek does a good job. But it's, it's the not only thing I've heard from that movie is Brian May re-recording the the theme song for the Paramount. The you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. They, that does happen. It does sound like Queen. Yeah. But, I mean, the Live Aid sequence is great. Of course it is. I mean, they really did that well. But it would have to be. That's what made the movie. Correct. And it's the very last thing in the movie. Well, because that's how they end it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't like the movie that well. So It couldn't have been good. I'm not. I don't understand why it's been nominated for everything. Moving on, one of my favorite- because it's 2019. Well, because, yeah, it's it's hip to be gay, <laughs> which is interesting. In the film in Bohemian Rhapsody, they make gay evil in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> because like bad, the okay, bad guy but- in the movie 
is gay and tries to get Freddie to like do all this crazy stuff. Yeah, th- because they're alluding to that's how he got AIDS. Yes. No, but it's, they it's can't. Really but they, it, it, the real movie should have been like they should have had. Who's the guy that directed Seven? He oh, should have done Fincher. that. Yeah, he should have done this fucking movie. And not the guy who's up for all the charges. Um, what's his name? Kevin Spacey. No, <laughs> he's up for some charges. Oh god, what's his name? I can't remember. The guy that did X Men. Yes. Yeah, he's a Brian, Brian Singer. Yeah, who Brian did Singer. Kevin Spacey. Well, he was directing suspects. the Queen movie. He did. That's right. He but did. no, he didn't finish. He didn't make it to the end. Yeah, no, they 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 booted him. Correct. That's right. Yeah. Fuck. I forgot about that. That's yeah, really weird. That's okay. a, that, that's kind of a. Is that a small small world moment or just a coincidence? That's a that the the shafts crossed. The shafts did cross. Speaking right? of shafts, there's a new shaft movie. With who? Uh, with Sam Jackson, Richard Roundtree, and uh, the... Samuel L. Jackson ain't playing shaft, Yes, though. he is. So there's three generations of shaft. There's the in original... In the same movie? Yeah, it's... That's cool. It's Richard Roundtree, the original one in the original film, and then Sam Jackson from the previous film, and then he finds out that he has a son who's doing the detective work, too. And then then they all have three other kids. We'll, we'll watch a trailer, Dude, and it's it's great. How can Shaft only have three kids? It's in the name. Shaft. Everywhere. Oh, everywhere. No, it, it, no, it looks good. So it's safe to say Isaac Hayes probably ain't involved. Yeah, well, yeah, not this time around. No, it's too black. Too yeah. black can't touch it. He can't even be <laughs> chef. Remember that? He couldn't be chef. He made it through all those seasons, right? He made it to, like, South Park season eight. Yeah. And then went, oh, uh-uh. Yeah, too much about for Scientology. Me. No. Yeah, he, that, that is what That's what it. it was. He left, and then he died in the show and in real life. Yeah. But he died in the show first, though. Correct. Right? He went back to the show. Right. They yeah. did an episode where... Chef had to go. Well, no. The episode was like the kids trying to save Chef from this, like, gay pedophilia cult. And then... <laughs> Blamla. No, it was great. And uh, how he was brainwashed, and eventually Chef went to the oh, dark so they side. Were, they, were jab- they were jabbing at Scientology, Yeah. God, and, those guys are so fucking good. Yeah. So I remember at the end of the episode, Chef, they kind of resurrected him like in Fanta- or, uh, Revenge of the Sith, where like Darth Vader comes up again. But how Chef died in that episode, he was impaled on like a spike and eaten by tigers and then shit himself. <laughs> After he was dead, he cried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny. God. They really did a good job there. Those guys are my heroes, man. They really are great. Like, it, they're like the Jimi Hendrix of... Comedy? TV. Mm. No, they're, they're... Screens. Movies and TV and theater and music. Yeah. It's well, been great. Well, it's like we were talking about George Carlin earlier. Like, right. They're not really being offensive. They're just... Telling you things that are going on. Right. And making it fun. Well, it's fun is up to the viewer, Person, though. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll I don't see. know. It's weird. It is weird. All right. What a great life those people, those two guys must have. Well, because they are they have their own, like, virtual, like, they can virtually studio. Virtually do anything. Do anything. Yes. Yeah. They can. They could, I bet they rub their nards across the fucking scanner. And then release it as a, as a South Park episode, think, right? Have you ever seen like their their documentary on getting an episode of South Park out? No. It's great. So What year did it come out? Two years ago. Oh, okay. So they... Because they, the, they've been on for like 20 years. Yes. Yeah. So this one... So basically, they, ha, they, they come up with like 
vague ideas for an episode and each week they go down to the hour to when it's actually put on the air to when it's finished. So like that week they're constantly working on getting the show out and sometimes they come down to like 10 minutes of it airing. But you see them working and they're just like have like uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone just have like mounds of McDonald's around them. They're like, I fucking can't take it anymore. <laughs> and they're just eating it. But then they have Bill uh, Hader. I don't think they're the really Netflix. like that though. What? I think when they do that kind of shit, the McDonald's thing, it's like when Trump did it, right? Like when he invited, when the, oh, the championship. No, no, no. He's got it for himself. He's like, no, but I don't really think they're eating it though. I, he, they were eating it. I don't but think I, I will tell you, Trey Parker in his, Personal life, he got divorced, and then he he used to go to the strip club a lot, and he married he married a stripper. stripper. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I remember. Yeah. Correct. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> She's not dancing. She probably well, something probably got autographed. Correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I know. What but you mean. but I bet you know at, at the other before we go before I go saying something about someone I don't know. What a great life for her too, right? Because uh, think about two people that probably. That guy was married going to a strip club and was probably bitching going, oh, well, you see, I've, you know, he's probably butters. I bet he's butters in, in the strip club. <laughs> no, think about it. He's going, oh, I'm, butters, I'm, I'm cheating hamburgers. on my wife and I've got this failing cartoon show that's not going anywhere. And then she's sitting there going, oh, you know, it's okay. And then bam, lightning hits. Right. And then zoom. They're still married. He, yeah. And have kids. Ugh, that's gross. I believe they have kids. Why would you have... Why would would he do that? I don't know. Adopt, don't shop. Adopt, don't (laughs) shop. (laughs) Why would you have kids with a stripper? No, why? Why is the question. Would you? You don't want kids. Yeah. Smart. (laughs) Fucking... Kids are horrible. I've I've got a... I've, I've got a... Or over there, she's four legs and hairy bitch. She's yeah. all hairy bitch. It's always been over. It's good stuff. Like Warren's sister. <laughs> High five. <laughs> High five. <laughs> Warren, uh, if you're listening, just kidding. He's not. Your sister tasted great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Uh, oy vey. Oy vey. Well, move on to another bit of news. Can I pretend I'm Jewish? Yes, you're cool. honorary. Aha. Are there any redhead Jews? Yes, for sure. They have big Jufros. Who, though? My friend Matt Steinberg. It's a made-up name. It's not. That's a totally fake Jew name. It's not. Steinberger. No, not Steinberger. Steinberg. Even worse. (laughs) Even worse. Why not burger? Why not? Didn't make the cut. I had a burger today. You did? It wasn't good. Those greens are great. Those are greens. Those working. are great greens. They're great greens. Great greeny greens. granny hopper. <laughs> this show has gone off the rails. Um, you don't mean that. It has not. It's been good. I'll uh, shut your screen. Note. Let's talk about one of my favorite musicians. Nick Cave has announced another European tour and Q&A tour. He's going to be doing a Q&A and performing in Europe if you want to go see him. Q&A um, at, the same, like, at the same show? Yes. That's cool. I wonder how you get to ask a question. Raise your hand. I'll call on you. Cannot be the case. <laughs> There's no way. They can't open it up for a free-for-all for someone to go, hey, what was it like when your kid fell off the mountain? Jesus. Okay. No, but you can't. That's what I'm Correct. saying. So that's why there's I a filter. What I did, what I, I've experienced that with Spinal Tap. 
they did an unplugged tour, Spinal Tap did, those three guys. And in the middle of their set, they were like, we're going to do a Q&A now. And they had two mics set up, you know, in the aisles. And Probably you pre, pre-picked. I don't think so. And then they just did the thing, you know, do that. And then they went back to playing, you know, Mighty Wayne. But who's going to ask Spinal Tap a serious question, though? That's – I. I think we're missing the point here. No, I mean, there was some good stuff. There was some really funny shit, too. Right, but maybe it's, like, industry people who get to ask the questions. No, I'm telling you. It was, like, people I don't, got in line, I, I and they, find they it, answered, like, four from each side. I just find it very hard to believe that there's an open forum at a... But you would think, like, somebody at a Nick Cave show would have not do that. Like, no, it was just like because thing. their friend's going to be over there holding their phone up. Which he would like, next question, fuck you. Exactly. Yeah, but, but perfect. I don't think they would ever even open the... Because if that happened, it would kill the whole... Like, you remember when Tom Waits played at the Palladium? And yes. they turned the fucking air conditioner Correct. off? Correct. Yes, and how whole, But you remember how many people left? People, well, because it was during the summer, and Did whoever I, made that decision was... I'm going to make a bad analogy. Okay. It was like getting off the train at Auschwitz. <laughs> <laughs> right? People were pouring out of there. Jesus. <laughs> I told you I was going to do it. You, uh, Maybe you could use some of your Hollywood magic and just snip that out. No, I'm leaving it all in. Oh, fuck. Okay, so... But but you know what I mean? No, it, I, it, no, cut I the, it. it cut the fat. Who really wants to be here, and why are you here? Correct. No, so what, um, what he said, what Nick Cave said... The exercise and connectivity will encourage fans to raise whatever issues they see fit. He said, I thought that a direct conversation with the audience might be valuable. In the recent live shows, we have all shown a kind of willingness to open up. There you go. So maybe he's willing to talk about it. Weird. So hopefully someone to the U.S. I know he came to the U.S. and he played at McFarlane Auditorium at SMU I was recently. at that show. So was Kimbrell. He, I actually, he filmed some of it for me, and we have it on the website. I'm yeah, you weren't supposed to have that. videos in there. No, he was front row. He got it. It was weren't pretty good. You weren't supposed to have that. Uh, well, well he played the- Bomb Factory the last time he was here. Right. And then he got people up on stage, and then they had their phones out. And yes. And he took their phones from them. There called him like a fucking idiot. There you go. Nick Cave, though, is someone who, you know, was a... Got a, like a rock and roll past. Like if you really start to look look at him as a as a as a person and not an artist. Well, he it, is like rock and roll, but he also has a very. I mean, you the dark side. Yeah, would you say goth? Uh, no. I just think he's a he's just a person. Because goth goth is he's too, almost country western black he magic. Never, Goth, the goth scene are, yeah. were always people that were, to me, like, I don't know, maybe personality-wise, too weak to, like, just talk about a problem. They needed right. they needed, they needed the, sulk. Right, yeah. They, they're like the, you know, the when you're fishing, you know, you got the fucking, the lure. Yeah. And you just let it sit there and you just wait. Yeah. That's like a goth person to me. Like, right. they're shaking and they're not sure what to say and... You know, should yeah. I talk about it or not? And it's like, dude, like everyone makes mistakes and we all got problems and shit. Right. So I think it's cool that Nick Cave is going to have an open forum no, for cool. his shows. That's super cool. And I'm he, glad he's But I just, you know, the Ryan Adams thing, if you want to talk about we're, that. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, that, that with, with this whole thing now happening, because we knew at some point it was going to hit the music industry. You know, it was a matter of time, right? right. Like the Pete Townsend 
downloading child porn thing for a book he was writing. Which I've talked about that recently with other people. It's and fucked he, up. He, so, well, so he did that, but his he's he's not accused of anything. Now he's been acquitted. Well, because he said he was doing research for like a documentary. He was writing a book. He was writing a book. Correct. Yes. Which a book for himself probably. <laughs> it turned into a what it that whole thing is fucked. Right. Me. Yeah, it's really because, weird. but there cuz there's proof. They seized computers and hard drives. And he had it. He's like he used his, his research. They had his yeah. credit card. Right. But with the Ryan Adams thing, there's like an alleged 14 well, Okay, so let, let's go into the Ryan Adams thing. Okay. Let, what what happened? Well, he he's a drug addict. <laughs> he's a fucking Look. But he's he's been doing stuff to women, right? That's what he's being called out on. Allegedly. But this is one of those instances where for me, like this is to me, this is my Michael Jackson moment. Because Ryan Adams is a person that I've I've liked for a long time. But I always knew, like, he's a douchebag. Like, I could look at the guy and go, I would never want to meet him. You know, okay. it, it would it, I would lose all the respect I had for, for him just by meeting him because he, the, his, the presentation of it is just so pretentious. And it's like Bruce Springsteen. Right. Like, I'm not going to relate to a guy... From fucking New Jersey. What are we going to talk about? Gear. He's not interested in that, though. You know what I'm saying? This this dude, it, it's it's un, you know. Ah man, this is it's a tough one because I, I'm not surprised that this has happened to him and he's been accused of it. And his bandmates are condemning him. Oh too. yeah, well they, they have, probably know they have to. But see, but the thing is though. With what these women are saying that he did, like Mandy Moore, he was married to for like seven or eight years. Right. He was dating this chick named Phoebe Bridgers. He's done albums with Liz Fair, Jenny Lewis. You know, there's all these other women and stuff that he's worked with, right? And I'm not, you know, the the all the stuff, the the sexual misconduct stuff in this scenario. I draw a big parallel to the Louis C.K. thing. Because so like, what they're saying is he was like mentally manipulative, manipulative. <laughs> you know, he didn't physically do anything. He didn't rape anyone. He like exposed himself one time to some to one of these women in a hotel room. But the, the fucked up thing of it is that there's a 14-year-old girl that's saying that him and her texted for like two two years and they would send back photos of each other. Which if he did that, then kind of not forgivable. But the other stuff, I don't think that's any different than like, you know, I'm maybe speaking out of turn here, but, you know, I need the promotion at the job. I'm going to wear this or I'm going to try to get this thing. I'm going to do this. That's a... The, this, these women are saying that, like, Mandy Moore is saying that Ryan Adams is the reason she couldn't have a music career anymore. And right. in the reality of it, it's like, well, you were never really probably going to have a music career. Like, you're an actress. Right. Like, she she says that Ryan, Ryan Adams used to tell her, you're not a musician because you don't play an instrument. And if you look up the definition of musician, it doesn't say singer. Yeah, it because you're a singer. Right. <laughs> like, she's musician. not... So, this, this, and I'm not taking anything away from 
you know, what she's saying. But I'm one of these people where I, I go, let's let people do their jobs and see what actually happened. Right. Because you can say anything. Like, you could say, this guy used to shit in my shoes for 13 years and I just had to put them on and go with it. It's like, well, you could have just left another pair of shoes over here and... Yeah, and taking those. And, and granted, it's not that easy, but... Abducted you know, in plain sight. Come on. I mean, yeah, come on. I mean... <laughs> Let's let's just kind of look at this objectively, maybe. So the yeah. underage girl thing is fucked up. If I mean that's so, just, it was he was he seen lewd photos to her? That's what she forth? claims. Okay. But this girl also says that one of the first things she says is, "I used to lie about my age to get into clubs and meet people all the time because I was fourteen and fifteen years old and I looked twenty. So that that's a dick move. Well, yeah. I mean, yes and no, because there's got to be accountability, you know? But at, at the same time, it's like, well, you're, you're saying trust a liar exactly. in, a, in an unproven yeah. scenario right. in, a, in a world where he's already wrong. You know, like right. he's, there's no due process. And I'm not trying to make light of any of these things with him, but there's there's other things that have to be considered and and when allegations like this are brought up yeah you know what i mean like certain things have to happen liz fair and karen elson have come forward with this as well yeah that's what i was saying And it's just kind of like okay so is this guy's career done oh dude his amp company dropped him pedal company dropped him fender was going to put out a ryan adams strat in like summer they've canceled it at the drop of a hat yeah and and like All I said, over within ten minutes. The thing is, is the what these women are saying is they he promised them like moving their career forward, right? And I'm like, dude, this guy's been a career junkie. He's barely been able to right. keep his own career on track. He can't he can't forward. He's really not even that popular. Yeah, he's not John Bon Jovi. No, <laughs> far from, dude. He's not even shaggy. <laughs> I'm serious, dude. He's not. It wasn't make, me. He ain't make, dude. But think about the lyrics to the Shaggy song. Right. I came in through the bathroom window. That song it is about me. raping someone. She only called me on the counter. Yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah. So think about like. Well, it's about infidelity and get yeah. But that was ten years ago. Fast forward ten years, this guy's been called out on some shit for. What's it, I mean? What are the, I don't even know what is happening. Uh, abuse, like I, emotional hitting on all this stuff. I, I've not, I've not read anything that he's raped anybody. He hasn't. Like I, I guess the thing is, is he's now morally, like if you do something unethical and the public deems it Ill, immoral, that's a crime. Well, not. I mean, it's not a. It's not a law, but it's no. Your unwritten book of the road. Yeah, unwritten. Stop being so suburban. Yes, uh, but I, that's that's the issue I have with it. Is okay. other if the hopefully the fourteen year old girl thing isn't like that's that would just be that that should be the end of him. Also, like my thing is like, why would you give your number to people, dude? It's a fucking. Look, like, I tell you, if I became... When did Eli Whitney invent the cotton gin? Like, what year? Long time ago. Okay. We'll just say 200 years, right? Okay. People have been around for... 
<laughs> where are we going? Debatable, right? <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of thousands. The technology is new, and technology is damning humanity, man. Well, that's why you sign off of social media. Exactly. But the curse, the, the kiss of death for Ryan Adams is when he started was right when MySpace was taking off. And he, would, he was one of the few artists that would interact with his fans. So if he put out an album and, like, Spin Magazine gave it a bad review, he would go through MySpace, go to the Spin page, and blast him. There you go. Fuck you for not like... No, but that's what he would do. So, But for years, people thought that was cute, you know? Right. Because it was. That was a trend. And, like, you, right. you could... 15 years ago, you could face your accuser online. Fam, flash, flash forward now. You're fucked. No, you are. So he's... No, the Rock's even done that and gotten lambasted about it. Exactly. Like, the nation of domination. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, don't attack the critics. No, you can't... But yeah. Dude, you can't do it. Like, that's, that's like the class action lawsuit against KISS. You can't sue Jewish people. <laughs> you can. No, not if you're saving your money living at home... In your mom's basement to go to the kids' concert. Well, it's not not a great it's, idea it's, to start a class action lawsuit online. Well, yeah, it's it's not a lawsuit that's against Jewish people. It's a lawsuit against it's false a band. advertising. Well, it's false advertising that they're doing this, but then again, live a live show. But then again, you're going up against Kiss, who's been around forever. They, they probably have sued everyone. Yeah, they own air. Yes, Kiss it. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's a weird scenario with with this Ryan Adams thing, though. Like, I don't even think I have an opinion of it until because I know the FBI is involved now. Yes, the FBI and there's is an endless amount of lawyers. But this is one of those moments where you just have to you got to let the those people do their jobs. Like with the OJ thing, people failed. No, complete. Well, the jury but, failed. Yeah, everybody failed. Right. But 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 let's say though, let's say that the. Criminal investigators find pile all this evidence on Ryan Adams, and then as a peer, as a jury of his peers, they find him not guilty. Well, one overrides the other, right? Yeah. I just want to see some evidence of it. Yeah. Well, I hope it isn't true. I'm not surprised that it's him. To be honest, well, with should, you. well, the thing is, and we've talked about it before, should somebody's career be completely over for? I think for distress. No, I'm not like for that. that. I think if it involves children or like Michael Vick, for example, right. he should have been done. If you're going to fuck with animals and like children, I agree. That you couldn't be. But a bigger, Michael Vick also served time. I don't and he's like a big advocate now for because like what was his alter- What was his alternative? Being a bitch in prison. Right, and but he was he went all to prison. No, he did. He never went to like real federal. He went to pound prison. me in the butt prison. He no, did. he didn't. No, he didn't. He got a fucking cakewalk, dude. He velvet caked his way. He w- he wasn't even in jail for fucking six months, dude. And he's back in the NFL for hanging dogs well, from NFL, fucking dude. What kind of fucking idiot? That's like beating up a fucking retarded kid. Well, it's it's interesting because in the NFL you can beat your wife, you yeah, can have guns, totally. but you cannot Can't, kneel during the national anthem or smoke pot. Yeah, it's, but you can yep. and they don't pay taxes. Fuck either. no, they're that cuz they're a charitable organization. Whatever. They've been feeding dumbasses for 50 years. <laughs> dude, like the same people that that watch football that can't get excited about wrestling. Yeah. I'm like, well, what do you think you've been watching? Wrestling. Like, oh, yeah, it is. 
It just costs more. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. All right. It's not weird. Move on. To- you and I know how it is, dude. We see it for what it is. I do. They're I not do fooling us. Amazon got you hooked, though. Not anymore. Do you say that? No. So that, You're strong. I know you can do it. That my, my goal for this year is to not order anything on Amazon. The rest of the year. Minus, minus I've already paid for Amazon Prime. No. Okay. The TV part, that's fine. Okay. But you're talking order anything. Yeah, honestly. go get it. Yeah, go get it from a store. That pays tax. What do you even need? Nothing. Yeah, go you ahead. got it all here, dude. Yeah. You got a good dog. Go, go, Great go, go, candle. Go. You look at this candle spread. It's a candle spread. Check this out. <laughs> you got a farm this? party. This is a, oh my God, this is a party pill. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Yoko Ono and John Lennon's wedding oh. album has been announced for a reissue. The LP is getting re-released in March, 50 years after their marriage. Finally, something I could buy that Yoko Ono is a part of. What, what say you? <laughs> He's out. Yeah, I'm not even going to touch this one. <laughs> it's going to include mementos. I'll tell you what. Before John- before you go any further, okay. Go to a, go to a website called rateyourmusic.com. Okay. rateyourmusic.com. I'm going yeah. to it right now. And and then type in the wedding album and just start reading some reviews of. Have you ever heard this record? Probably not in a Do while. You, so you don't know what it is. Well, it's about what is it? Okay, it's basically album. a spoken word, like them reading their vows to each other thing. Do you remember like the early seventies when like Lennon had the breakdown and like he had to go to scream therapy and stuff? And okay, his, his doctor was like, "You need to make an album where you can just because on those early Beatles albums, he was Lennon was the one that was hitting those like those notes that were making girls go crazy. It wasn't Paul; it was John. Yeah." But his doctor was like, you need to scream. Like, you need to go back to rock and roll. And then he started doing these rock records. And then nice. fucking bird noises got involved. And then they... This is just bad. I don't even know. Why are we talking about this? I'm trying to look up the wedding album. It's shit, dude. Like... John, here we go. It's 1969. Horrible. And... Okay. Nobody likes this album. It's not... I'm so... But what I'm... I've heard it. Have you heard it? I don't remember. Okay. If you heard it, you wouldn't be talking about it. Before listening to this, make yourself familiar with the kind of art that Yoko Ono made in the late 1960s. Then bear in mind, this is not music, nor is it supposed to be. This is a piece of concept art that is loosely built around the theme of marriage. Picture this, not in your iPod, nor on the stereo in your living room, but in a mostly empty, likely darkened room in an art gallery as part of a Yoko Ono respect- retrospective. It only works like that. Track one is basically Yoko and John repeating John and Yoko over and over in all kinds of ways. Track two is bits and pieces recorded during the couple's honeymoon in Amsterdam, where they were doing a bed in for peace. It starts with Yoko singing Let's Hope for Peace, followed by segments from interviews and press conferences. There you go. Yeah, well, you you got excited about it. But it's John Lennon, man. You fuck John Lennon. I don't even like John Lennon. I think he's overrated. I like George Harrison more. Yeah, well... So George Harrison was the best Beatle. There's no, there's no question about it. 
Correct. So, all right. So that's coming in, but it's going to, it's going to, this, if you're interested in this LP, it comes with mementos, nuptials, photographs, drawings, and a copy of their How much is it? I bet it's $75. Um, not love sure. and bet on that one. Yes, love and bet on that. And the last bit of news, film soundtrack from Spike Lee's movie Black Klansman has been announced on vinyl. It's going to be awesome. It is going to be pressed on red and black smoke colored vinyl and have the entire... Those are clan colors. <laughs> Those are clan colors. Red, it's a great soundtrack. Hey, good what's stuff. this? Is Adam Driver in that movie? Yes. I like him. He's good. People fucking give him shit for the fucking... Kylo Ren stuff. He's great. I, that's what I think. I'm he's like, so good in he's that. the only one that saves the movie. Yes. Okay. But I knew it. I knew we were friends. No, he, in, he's perfect. He, playing Kylo Ren in that movie. He shows so much with his body language and his face. Yeah. And he, how he actually struggles to want to do what he thinks is right by getting, it's, it's so, he's like the, what was the kid? Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Obi-Wan. Yeah. Who just, God, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Magic erased that out of there. Mm, yeah. But I, dude, I, yeah, I'm glad. You, I'm an Adam Driver fan, dude. That oh, guy is great. Shit, yeah. He's, Black Klansman. I haven't seen it it's yet. Great. I don't want to watch that movie. It's good. Eh, I'm sure it is. All right. We're I don't like those. On. I don't like those race relation movies. I prefer movies like Friday. <laughs> Friday's a great hey, Miss Parker. Yo, Miss Parker. When are you gonna let me fuck? <laughs> Right? What does he say? Gonna knock the dust out that pussy. <laughs> is that Friday? Yeah, that's Friday. Hell yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. Friday, it is Chris Tucker saying Because you remember then they go into the fucking uh, guy's house next door that drives the Beetle? Right. Why don't you guys stay off my, 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 fucking, my fucking lawn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is his name's like Jarvis. Yeah. That's that good. That, that's that good, good, good. I like pig's feet. <laughs> Oh, so good. All right, we're done with news. We're moving on to I'm our, getting a beer. our music question. Can I have a beer? Yeah, get a, get a beer. I'm going to get you one, too. No, I don't need one. I'm still drinking this one. Um, so our question, if you've listened to my bloody podcast, we do a question where we ask each other and we answer it. And we bring it to Reddit and we ask as well. So we did that for the first time on this music podcast, The Unbalanced Note. And we asked it to Reddit, and I'm going to ask Jacob the question. Uh, our question is this week, what musician or band would you like to see cover an ex- already existing album? So let's say you had the option to listen to one of your favorite artists cover one of your favorite albums that's not necessarily their own. What would that be? So I said, example, I would love to see Tom Waits cover the entire Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs album, Lil Red Riding Hood. To hear Tom Waits cover that song alone would be amazing. So, do you have an answer to this? I would like to hear like either the Birds do a Tom Petty album or vice versa. Okay, that'd be pretty cool. Because that that would to me that would be like a forging of like two eras that like collectively happen. Right. If you did it the other way, it would like the tide in the middle. You know. So what about Insane Clown Posse covering Stranger Than the Night by Frank Sinatra album? Or just an entire Bauhaus album. Well, that would be great. Right? Bella would go see his magnets. No, that'd be cool. To hear the birds and Tom Petty, that'd be badass. Do you want to hear what some of the, our Dude, people on Reddit said? Yeah, I'm trying to think of another good one. I, the first thing I thought was when the Flaming Lips did all those stupid covers albums like Dark Side of the Moon and Stone Cold says, hell yeah. Still let me get hell yeah. 
most albums, like when the Flaming Lips try to re-record uh, Sgt. Pepper, yeah, it's like, what are you doing? You're only going to fuck that up. Yeah, it's weird. Only, you, couldn't, you couldn't make the perfect album any better. Only Joe Cocker can cover Beatles. True that. Yeah. He's God, bad. he fucking took it to... That's Leon Russell, though. Yeah, that's Leon Russell. Yeah, that's the next... That's... that's Wow, that, that'd be a good question, too. What what are some great covers from of great songs? Like, Yeah. Well, with a little help from my friends. Yeah. I know which version I'd like to hear. That one. Yeah. Well, I like to scribble-scrabble around with my legs. <laughs> right? He's all... Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, he's like a zombie. I want to hear some of these responses. How many do we have? Three? No, we have more than that. 300? Um, so... The Soulful Q-Tip said, just for the love of God, no more Weezer cover albums. <laughs> that was his response. Agree. Remember when the guy on the online said, God, I can't wait until they run out of colors? Yes. Because then they'll stop making <laughs> albums. <laughs> so that's a good one. Because then they're starting to make all the in-between colors. Like, right. that's the covers album. No. Oh, Fuchsia. It's the new good. Weezer cover. All right. Teal. Zappa Gore said Faith No More covering Zappa and the Mother's Overnight Ooh, Sensation. that'd be a fucking killer one. So I, so I responded with, could they get it done right? And Zappa Gore said, if anyone's going to give it the respect it deserves, it's patent. So I'd say a tentative, yeah. I don't think he'd even fuck with it. Remember when he was supposed to sing the national anthem? Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> when I read that, I, I went, someone just got fired. Because I thought it was a mistake. It's weird. And then it turned out to yeah. be true, and then it didn't happen. But there, I was like, dude, this guy is going to get pelted with cleats <laughs> yes. if he goes out there and sings. All right. No, Nomad Normal K said, Starfucker doing David Bowie station to station. Nah. Pass. No? Nah, it's, I'm not into the dance crap. Okay. Arctic Monkey. Oh, Reddit Strike says, Arctic Monkey's covering the dark side of the moon. Ooh, that could be cool. Kind of croony. Yeah. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I like Alex Turner. Okay. Arctic Monkeys are good. No, I, I said that would actually kind of be good. I yeah, think. that would be pretty neat. It'd be cooler if they did Station to Station, actually. Arctic Monkeys? Yeah, did Station to Station. Because it's more loungy and swanky. No, I think there's, there's, a, there's a saxophone. Right, right, right. No, I think so. Those these were, are great, fucking yeah. These are really good. I, are there more? No, that's unfortunate. Damn it! I knew it. Three. I said three. I knew. No, it. I, I I said one. Okay, wait. Two, who would you like three, to hear? Four. I said Tom Waits doing Sam the. No, Shaman. but you didn't mean. And that. I said Insane Clown Posse doing. You didn't mean that one either. What What would be like the best answer? The best answer to what it would be it? like the like the Foo Fighters doing a Queen album. Or something like that. Buck Cherry doing... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> doing... Uh... Kiss covering Creed. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. I'm trying to think now. The possibilities are endless. Well, I'm trying to think of, like, two bands that kind of go hand in hand. That's well, why I thought McGuinn and... You want to do, like, something very opposite. Though. Nah, not at all. Because I, I, the respect thing happens. What when, respect thing? When you know that you've borrowed from someone and it just goes... Or you're doing a whole cover album, you're paying tribute. Exactly. So, which means you already kind of sound like that. But That's why Tom Petty had a career, because he just sounded like the birds. <laughs> he did. Like, there was a thing... This thing happened. It was a changing of the guards. A, res, a mutual respect happened. Okay. And he just carried it on. 
there was a mutual admiration between those two camps of people. So, like, what about, like, White Stripes covering Carpenter's album? Maybe, but I think with Meg in the band, with the White Stripes, she never played drums. And Karen Carpenter is one of the best drummers ever. Okay. She won drummer of the... She beat Keith Moon for drummer of the year twice. Okay. Karen Carpenter is a very underrated drummer. And she is, like, a power... Like, animal behind the kit. No joke. But you don't think White Stripes could... No, I don't think they... I don't Carpenter's think... Carpenter's album into... Absolutely not. I don't think they have the... Okay, so who would cover your favorite band? That's what we're trying to think no, of. No, who's your favorite band? Of all time? Allman Brothers. The Allman Brothers, Who would yeah. cover your favorite album? No one. I don't think... No, that's not true. Somebody okay. could cover it. I could think of a group of people I would put... The Raconteurs? To- Absolutely not. They ruin it. Why? Too much stress on the vocals. You think so? Yeah, they because the music has to speak for themselves. That's what was so great about the Almonds is... A majority of their music was instrumental. When the vocals came in, they were in and out. Like, in most Allman Brothers songs, depending on what area you're listening to, especially with the Dwayne stuff, when Greg was singing, he he said what he needed to say and then he got out because then he let the band happen. He had two drummers, right? Okay. The best bass player of all time and two of the greatest guitar players of all time. Singer, get out of the way. And then don't factor in that he's also a great organ player. So do you think ZZ Top could do like... No. No one could do the Allman Brothers. Only the Allman Brothers. Like, Creed tried to cover the doors at Woodstock with Robbie Krieger. Like, think about that for a second. Because you have two crazy people up there. Right. But the thing is, no one's ever attempted that with the Allman Brothers band. Because the level of, of songwriting, the level of respect that... But you can do Crosby, Stills, and Nash covering... Allman Brothers. Dude, you, you could get Kelly Clarkson, Shaggy, Adam Levine, and Blake Shelton to do that. I mean, send them out there. Like, send in the clowns. They're not holding an instrument. Like, they couldn't really do Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young songs because they're not playing guitar. Do you think Sly and the Family Stone would cover an Allman Brothers album? No, because they don't have two guitar players or two drummers. Hmm. That's what you have to look at. Like, with the... Rush could... Hell no. They're a three-piece. Rush could cover, like, Motorhead. Which would... That would be super... Right. But it's a three-piece. Like, you're you're just taking one band and you're changing their sound. You're not changing their system. You're just changing what they sound like. Like, if you're going to go, I'm going to get the New York Philharmonic to sound like Megadeth... You could do it. No, you couldn't do it because there's not – the instrumentation isn't there. This is a – Yeah, but you, you know, can make it sound like them. But, but it's a primitive – like the primitive sound is really the the fucking acoustic instruments, right. which would be the orchestra. But they would think that the metalheads are the idiots, right? These guys are using electricity. They're cheating. They're playing arpeggios and sound like Stradivarius. But Megadeth would technically be more complicated to pull off because there's less members. Right. You got a sixty-piece orchestra. I mean, space the notes out. It's an escalator. Who could cover Grateful Dead? Allman Brothers, <laughs> but not vice versa. Absolutely not. What about Canned Heat? John Lee Hooker, because okay. they did an album together. Well, like, John look, Lee- Freddie King, like. Eric Clapton could cover Freddie King. Freddie King couldn't cover Clapton because he created it. Right. 
There's okay. your, there's your, there's your stepping stone. There you go. So that is. But the you know, but does, yeah. does that make sense? No, that makes sense. But Clapton is a better guitar player. But Freddie has the more distinctive like sound vibe. Right. Clapton's just there. Never do I get the urge to push an infant out of a window when I'm listening to Freddie King. (laughs) (laughs) That that rascally Eric Clapton, though, gets me every time. Absolutely. There you go. Hey, I got to go to the bathroom again. Again? We'll go before we bring up our one-hit wonder. Okay. So... You can keep it going, dude. I know. I'm keeping it going. I'm I'm, I'm keeping it going. So we're going to be asking this question once a week. Jacob has... Bathroom issues at the moment because he is knee deep in alcohol right now, so uh, we're having a good time here. Uh, but yeah, if you want to email us at boomstickcomics at gmail.com and answer the question, what music band would you like to see cover an existing album already? Let us know. We'll, we'll uh, talk about it on the show next week, but we'll be doing this weekly like we do My Bloody Podcast where we ask our horror questions on this same channel. So, um, yeah. But we are coming up to a very, very fun... We've been talking a bunch of... uh, Kind of like unfortunate news, mostly, I think, this episode. uh, News-wise. But our one-hit wonder is the exact opposite. It is the feel-good, fun, amazing, happy-go-lucky song from 1995... Uh, very, very excited about this one-hit wonder. Uh, it actually was released on Independence Day, July 4th in 1995. Um, and it hails from a band from North Texas, Denton, actually. Dentron. Dentron, UNT, from a band called Deeps Blue Something. <laughs> <laughs> deep that you pluralized deep. got i did that's one thing you got deeps deeps blues something yes that's even a better band name though because then it deeps. deeps would be like a person yeah deeps blues something boof blue who they they did a song beef blue <laughs> what teen wolf reference oh yeah that's the same as like Biff. deeps blue something Buff boof boofs blue who Ooh, yeah deep blue something the song of course is Breakfast at Tiffany's from 1995, uh, originally appearing on the album called 11th Song. Uh, It was later re-recorded and released on their album called Home. It was the band's only hit, peaking at number five on the Billboard Hot 100, but striking number one in other countries. Outside the U.S., it did hit number one in U.K. and Scotland. It had to oh be in God. Japan, too, though. Remember they said it, they only released an album in Japan. Yeah, so they also it was on the top of the charts in Australia, Belgium, Canada, Germany, Iceland, Ireland, and Sweden. Uh, it's it, What a damn good song. Inspiration and composition of this song, of course. You know, it's from the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's. Pearl Necklace. From Audrey Hepburn. Uh, the point of view of a man whose girlfriend is on the verge of breaking up with him because the two have nothing in common. Desperate to find something, the man brings up the Audrey Hepburn film Breakfast at Tiffany's and his girlfriend recalls that they both kind of liked it. Hence the lyrics. Hence the lyric. Cue the music. Uh, this band, Deep Blue Something, is two brothers, right? From UNT? Mm-hmm. Toby and Todd. Uh, Todd One Pipes. of them has a pretty cool studio yeah? I can't remember the name of it. Crystal Clear, maybe? I think... I, can, I don't know what he owns. I don't know, but this song is super fun. It's cool, man. This like I like this song. It's a very happy-go-lucky song. Beatles song, dude. 
So when you say it's a Beatles song, do you just think like in composition the, and writing? Yeah, and the, like the chords are like. I hear the music. This is one of those songs where I hear the music before I hear. I know the vocal melody, but uh-huh. I hear the guitar that it does that weird descending thing. Right. So and I said, "What about breakfast that at Tiffany?" She, she said, "I think, think I, I remember the film." I like how they don't call it a movie in in a time where they were movies. I liked it, huh? In a time of movies, this was called a film. This was called a film. It was called a it was called a motion picture. And they got sued over this song. They did, unfortunately, get sued you over this song. You can't use this. So this band, because they're a one-hit wonder, because after this song, I think so they got sued for the song got too big too quick. Yeah, and it's Breakfast at Tiffany's talking about the movie. And they tried to go to the Ritz Carlton when they should have been at the Holiday Inn. That's true. They yeah, tried the, to blend music, in. And if then you remember they, the music video, they got what they got. They got, yeah, they got what they got. I think that we've got. Um, I like this song. The music video features, you know, the guys having dinner in the middle of the street in Manhattan in front of Tiffany and Co. But they did get sued. They settled out of court in the Interscope Records. Their label decided not to go forward with their next album, but instead to pay attention to Limp Biscuit. And then Limp Biscuit became insanely popular. Yeah, they but played, this song they this, played Woodstock 99. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. But... This, I, it's unfortunate because this band is actually really good. Uh, they were a good power something. pop band, man. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Damn good song. Damn catchy and damn fun to listen to. Um, so a lot of people have given this song a lot of shit. And do you think it? Do you think it deserves it? No, because I think it's just Creed fans lashing out. You think so? I know so. You know so. This is a fun song. So, like, look, this is one of those songs where you're driving, right? And you're like, man, fuck this traffic. And then the song comes on and you crank it. Yeah. And then and you you're look, singing. Yeah, but then you look over and then, like, you know, the the Asian woman next to you is, like, listening to the same song. So, and she's <laughs> jamming out, too. And that, no, that, that, that fucking great rewarding thumbs up moment happens. Right. And you just kind of lock eyes and... You just see, like, at first you're like, is that a penis? And then it's like, oh, it's a thumb. It's a thumb. And then you go, yeah, you both thumbs up each other at the same time. This is one of those, this is one of those come together songs. Okay. It's a sing-along. Like. No, I get it. I think it's, you know, we always make fun of the toadies and stuff. And I think these guys were like the other end of the, these guys, it's a great song. It is. uh, Like, it's the nostalgia thing, the sound of it, the guitars are cool. It sounds great. I agree. I like. I like this. I song. don't like the music video. Well, because it's, it's a little self-loathing, don't you think? A lot of moose. <laughs> it's you know what I mean. Well, like the music video has nothing to it. It really is just them playing in a park and no, then eating dinner outside. The homeless guy was eating a traffic cone. Right. Yeah, and then like they pan out. It's it's ridiculous. But it's it's, it's been, totally ridiculous. It's been in a ton of stuff. Like it, it was, was in the Breakfast at Tiffany's remake. <laughs> I'm they use it in Orange is the New Black season two. They use it in. Hindsight. It was in like Clueless though, like because when that song came out, it was in a movie, and that's what launched it. Um, it was I'm in a tr- fucking movie. I'm trying to remember if it was like one of those finger bang me dramas of the '90s, like Scream. Like you could watch that movie with your girlfriend, but all she's going to let you do is finger. Her. 
Is that what it was? For me, it was. Like, I remember Seven. I suffered through that movie, and I was like, man, I'm fine. You didn't like Seven? I loved it, but I thought I was going to end up with what was in the box. Some head. (laughs) (laughs) What's in the box? And I didn't even get it. I just could keep jamming my fingers into there, and I was like, this isn't fun for me. My hand, my wrist hurts. Two years ago? Pretty reason. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, that was I don't. Great. I don't need. I just got cable. Well, there you go. And a TV in the bedroom. There you go. That's the, that was the demise of me. You got to get a video game system. Shauna said no. Old man. She's like Borat. Uh uh-uh, uh, you get no more of these. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, brother Billow, one day I take. <laughs> I can't play video games in bed. The compromise would be if I said, you can eat fucking pizza. You can eat your fucking Domino's pizza in this bed. Yeah, but then you'd have bugs everywhere. I know. You have a dog named Bug. I do. I love Bug. Everywhere. She is. I love Bug. But yeah, Shauna thinks I'm crazy for not eating in bed. I think she's crazy for eating in bed. Well, what sucks is she'll bring food to bed. Uh And of course, I'm like, yeah, give me some of it. Yeah. I don't want you to, to go take yeah, it. Well, yeah, well, no, because I always make her give it to me off the plate or okay. off the utensil. I'm like, I go, oh, <laughs> my neck doesn't work. And like, I feel like I'm in a hospital. She has to feed it to me. Oh, but I only that. want her to give me the food because I know she'll spill it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, she thinks I'm crazy for not eating in bed. I think it's normal to not eat in bed. Yeah. I, it's a bad habit. Yeah. It's like smoking to me. Because <laughs> once you start, like you start eating in bed, who draws the line? Yeah, where is you're the not going to do it. You eat anywhere. Yeah, you've already started to eat in bed, so you have. There's no moral compass anymore. What's good in bed? Sex. Okay. And, and sleeping. And sleeping. Yeah. And watching TV. No, not, watching TV in bed is the worst because you fall asleep. I always fall asleep. Right. And then, I, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> You're not watching it. No, no, no. She, <laughs> she, I get in trouble because she's, you always fall asleep. And I'm like, well. I'm in bed. Yeah, and these More shows the suck. Like, <laughs> these shows suck. It, in case you haven't noticed, I always fall asleep on the nights you're picking the shows. <laughs> right? Like, I never fall asleep during my stories. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I stay Watch awake. My stories. I watched three hours of Into the Badlands last night. And you loved it. Yeah. And guess what? Tonight, I'll be asleep by 8 o'clock because I'm having to watch whatever. I don't know what I have to watch tonight. But it ain't going to be good. Yeah, there you go. I might go with you to the movie. Yeah, go come see Fighting with My Family. The Wrestlers. The Wrestlers. I would love to go to that movie. Where is it? North Park. I've been there. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> I've been through it. I've been through it. I hate the mall. I, I don't like the mall either. It sucks, doesn't it? I, I I wish it was at Alamo or Angel. That's what George Carlin said. Remember that time he went, only a people of our statue could take a beautiful planet and turn it into a shopping mall. Yep. And in between the shopping malls, you have the mini malls. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And then there's gas stations to get you from one to the next. He was a man ahead of his And then time. there's free credit beyond that. Can't pay now? Pay later. Why wait? Take it home now. Look at you. I love him. He was so good. He was so good. All right. Main event time. Freddie King, born in 1934, yes. died at the young age of 42 in 1976. Freddie King, an amazing rock, blues, guitarist, and singer. Um, you would... Most people, if you don't know who he is, if you've ever seen the HBO show Eastbound and Down, 
um, the theme song, main theme song in every episode was a Freddie King song called Going Down, you know, where they'd stop, the, they freeze frame the image, and they go, and that's Leon Russell on piano. Yep, that is a Freddie King song called Going Down. From the album um, uh, "Getting Ready," people so, people always have this conversation of what the best strip club anthem is. It's that song. It's that song. That song beats "Pour Some Sugar on Me." <laughs> no, it's a great yeah, song. Get up on it. So masterpiece, dude. No, he's good. And what's cool about Freddie King is that he was born right here in North Texas in a town called Gilmer, which is just east of Tyler, Texas. But he died in Dallas. He's a Dallas guy. And, uh, yeah, Fred King. Um, His parents uh, and his brothers that became musicians, he was born in kind of like a music thing. What you mean, brother? His mother and his uncle began teaching him to play the guitar. They were uh, when he was six. So, um his family moved from Dallas to the south side of Chicago uh, in 1949. In 1952, King started working at the steel mill. In the same year, he married another Texas native named Jesse Burnett, and they had seven children. Dude, if you were making music like Freddie King, you were getting down just as much as he was. This guy was the shit. Like, when you think legends of rock and roll and you know, pop culture. You can't talk about this guy was the, this guy was the Andre, the giant of blues guitar. So why do you say that? Like, cause there's, cause there's three Kings, BB King, Albert, Albert King and and Freddie King. King. And everyone has their favorite. Most people love BB. Well, I love all of them. I do too. But if I had to pick one, I mean, I I have Albert King records. I have BB King records, but I think the most I have is Freddie King. There's something about it's the nastiness. It's you think it is? I know it is, dude. Because the way that the way that you and me love Eastbound and Down is the same way when that because every time they pause the show and that and that yes, it always hits at the exact time because it. They're, they know who their audience is. And the mu- music is a huge thing with, like, really anything. I mean, if you if you took a photo, like, if you played music of, like, Cannibal Corpse to a photo of the Mona Lisa as opposed to, like, playing Vivaldi, it would have a totally different way that you look at it. The thing that Freddie King did was, like, this guy knew real on. He never played the – he didn't do the race card thing or – he this guy was fucking six foot seven, weighed two hundred and forty pounds, and could fucking play the guitar like nobody's business. No one was gonna tell this guy what to do. That's why he was called the Texas Cannonball. Like you just got yeah, out of the no, way. correct. That is, I mean, yes. This who was gonna tell him he lost at a game of cards? Nobody. Haku. Yeah. I mean, and and this was the time when getting from you know it was hard for this guy to get out of Texas. You know, being black traveling state lines and stuff that's why when they you know you have this album here where he's freddie with no eyes yeah it's F-R-E-D-Y. he was a suit and tie guy right he was very kind of you know they were trying to market him as a dick dale type you know and he was a killer guitar player here but his you know the bonanza stuff and the real quick like hop sounding right. stuff that's not like his breath not his bread and butter, dude, because these are instrumentals. It's not even him singing. Correct. And his his guitar playing is upper echelon. His voice is the guy that laid the groundwork for people like Robert Plant and Steve Marriott. That huge, like, 
This guy kind of sounds like a big fat black chick. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. No, like yes. it, it doesn't. And then you, then you're like, wow, wait a minute. You know, Robert, Robert Plant, Robert Plant's a white dude because he's got, he just has that, that, that thing that happens. And Freddie King's guitar playing, to me, has always had that. But man, once he starts singing, it's like be. I get like how people think they're in church, right? And they go. <gasps> I heard Jesus. I had to sit down. When I hear Freddie King's voice, it just floors me, man. Like, because what he's what he's saying and how he's saying it. So, what was he saying? How is he saying it? He likes big legged women. There he's go. going down. <laughs> I mean, stuck down and low die again. I mean, it, it, no matter what he's saying, it. He had the command. He he had that like Moses on the side of the mountain thing. Shit, I dropped 12 of them. I guess we got 10. This dude was up there in disco shirts with a fucking guitar that would, you know, dwarf an average man. And it's just everything about it's effortless. Like, he just hands the guitar off and goes and sits and plays a card game. Yeah. Like, it just came natural to the guy. It it looks like he was born to play the Dude, he, he was usually either born to fuck you up. Are born to be nice, and he, this guy, he died young, man. I mean, yeah, well, that's not even 42. what 30, oh, 42. 42. 42. Yeah. 1976. So, he was one of the first blues guys to have a multi racial backing band, yeah. He did high performances. He, he was kind of like Sam Cooke, I, he, he wouldn't play to segregated crowds, right? Like, if they separated the crowd, he wouldn't go on till they, they let him mix, right. And then he'd go on. He'd go, well, these people are going to have to get along if I'm going to go on. So, yeah, tore down. All the Kings did, man. Albert King. But a huge thing to that was the Stones, man, because the Rolling Stones were also the really the only British band that were saying, well, we like all these, you know, American black artists. You know, if you guys think we're great, you should hear Muddy Waters. Right. So that's where they... Well, in... 1959 through like 1961, Freddie King actually toured with Sam Cooke, Jackie Wilson, and James Brown. Yeah, because he played that jump blues. Right. It's not the stuff where that you and I love. Right. Right. But he still he did. Yeah. Exactly. Well, he man, they had the Chitlin circuit, you know, which by today's standards would be immoral and illogical. But that's how people used to have to get paid. And it was hard. They those people were working hard and doing. They they wanted to do that. It was a networking thing for them, and it was a way for them to meet people that were into the same community that they were. There just wasn't a travel system to like accommodate these people, right? Like, so it was hard for Freddie King to go play a show in New York, where like the Stones could fly there. They could offer a gig to Freddie King, but it's like, well, you got to make the drive in two days, and you got to get your equipment and your band and do there, yeah. You know that like the logistics of it happening in the mid 60s were just right. they were virtually unheard of like the beatles created a wave of something that had never happened it's like now logistics we have to somehow get these 36 people from here to there with all this equipment and set it up so it they sounds, can play yeah. to these 30,000 people right. you know like people, no one had done that before the only they used to call it battle now they call it concert sales yes <laughs> cuz if they put on a bad show we only have 18 security guards. Yeah. People are going to be pissed. Crazy. So in the mid to late 60s, uh, 
Freddie King's contract with Federal expired and his availability and free agency thing was noticed by King Curtis, the saxophone guy, and they teamed up. And they, uh, in 1969, they got him to play the Texas Pop Festival alongside alongside Led Zeppelin. And that's when, um, like, Eric Clapton and Leon Russell came into play and they started to uh, do stuff. Yeah, that was that was by Lake Louisville. That was a huge fucking festival. Have they, they don't do that anymore, do they? Hell no. Which People don't – they can't have that kind of fun. Yeah. That was a three-day music festival. It was kind of – it was supposed to be the – Southern version of, you know, mm-hmm. like Woodstock. Yeah, so Texas, yeah, Texas Pop Festival. A lot of people played that. Oh, it was and killer. Johnny Winter, Mountain. So in in these last three songs, that's when Going Down was written. You know, towards the later end of his life, and this is where we mo- know a lot of his songs from. Right, these last like four or five years, dude. When he like the guitar bonanza stuff, like when he's doing the jump swing and the uppity blues stuff, right. I like that, but man, when he gets into that personal storytelling, like life stuff, right? I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff he he. That's just like a dude that makes grown men cry, right? I mean, it's just it's so like it it does that thing where like it makes you want to sweat and have the chills and just not think for a second. It just floors you, man. Like. He's out there singing. So he died in 1976. And, I mean, he is a big guy, as Jacob said, but he was on the road like B.B. King more than 300 days out of the year. Oh, yeah. And in 1976, he had bad stomach ulcers, and he died of acute pancreatitis, which is crazy. But then people who say they knew him said that— He didn't drink. No, he did. He did. All all the times. All he did was drink. I I was kidding. Due to stress— in uh, a hard partying lifestyle and a poor diet, he was in the habit of consuming Bloody Marys rather than solid food as to not waste time with setting up shows because he had nobody else to do it. Yeah, well, he was, he was like the thing, man, with Freddie King, it's one of those instances where it's like the same as like Steve Marriott from Humble Pie. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a huge waste of talent and a real treat for everyone else still alive for. It's like everyone should always be offered the hand of like opportunity and like help. And it's like how could no one help a talent like that? How are you going to miss that guy? You know what I mean? It's like the inadequate objects that Andre needed, right? Right. Like let's just get this guy a bathroom he could go in or like we could hold some curtains or something. Right. You know, let's go out of our way for this guy instead of like whatever happened to him. And I don't know, but I'm just saying like it's such a waste of, of talent that, well, I mean, maybe he, he if he was still around, who knows? He'd probably still be playing. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of, he's kind of, to me, one of those people too, where it's like, I love him that, I love him that much more that I'd, I'll never really kind of know who he is. Right. Well, I guess that's part you of know what I mean? you like yeah. him more. Yeah. It, it's the... It's that in between thing, right? But it's sad to hear like he was playing that many shows, and then dude, in order but, to set up his shows, he couldn't eat; he had to drink. Well, that's the thing, man. It's like touring lifestyle, rough. Well, it's not. I mean, just because you like it, album covers are to me they're like magazine covers. It's what's inside that 
when you get the story, right. you know? Yeah. So, you know, the, unless it's a fucking National Enquirer or some sort of, like, obituary weekly thing. Yeah. Usually the cover story is pretty pleasant. Like, no one wants to see, you know, conjoined twins crap octup- octuplet. Right, yeah. Whoa, I better sw- switch to the centerfold here and see what's really happening. It's just, I don't know, man. It's a, that guy was so fucking good. He was. My dad used to tell me he'd go see him at this place called Mother Blues, which is kind of near the uh, Chili's in Casalinda. Okay, yeah. Where that payway is. Right. There was like a freestanding kind of blues club. And there was an all-black club on the, I guess, south side of Fair Park. Okay. Kind of when you leave, you know, Starplex. Yeah. There was a club over there, but... Yeah, he was always playing in Dallas, man. Yeah, that's badass. But like when Stevie Ray happened, right? Like when the Stevie Ray phenomenon happened. Yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughn, not Booker T. <laughs> Harlem Heat, baby. Harlem Heat. <laughs> he he was always hanging out down there because he he wasn't really a celebrity. He was too big to be a celebrity. Like he just happened to play guitar and sound great. The sheer size of him, he never baby. could blend in anyway. Right. He was already a, a big dude. He just happened to play. So that's how he, he kind of drank himself to death. Well, that not eating well and being Well, shit. Stressed. I mean, dude, he look at him. Like, look at him next to this park bench. He's huge. Yeah. Like, we'd be right here. Yeah. <laughs> he was great, man. So his playing style and technique, it was fairly different and unique, right? Like, he played Gibson's... Mostly. Well, he was aggressive. Yeah. Well, he had like the kind of like, not shouting vocals, but kind of like tones of louder, not like your normal B.B. King blues. He was more, more, Ray, more Ray Charles. Okay. I get that. But yeah, he uh, he did it well. And then I guess um, when our former governor in 1993, Ann Richards, the governor of Texas, he declared Freddie King Day in honor of Freddie King, which is pretty awesome. Freddie King has a day in Texas. He should have a month. Uh, Rolling Stone plays King to number 15th greatest guitarist of all times. 15. Number 15. I, yeah, that's good. That is good. And then he was inducted <laughs> into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2012. Dude, Freddie King is like to the guitar he was he was probably really other than Chuck Berry, like because Chuck had that he did that double. The, Chuck was the first time you heard that. Like before that, you kind of heard that. But you had the smoother version of it, which was. Chuck did the same thing. It went. Right. So when Freddie came along, he went. Well, what if I went. Like he was, he was always kind of descending, because he did that right, like going down, it's down, right. Where most of the they were trying to be going up, yeah, major key sounding stuff, yeah. But he, man, once, but like I said, man, and when he's when he linked up with Leon Russell, you know, towards the end, and they did those albums together, the Bonanza stuff is great, dude. Everything Freddie King ever did was amazing. That guy never made a fucking shitty album. He didn't have many albums, but... Oh, he had like 25. Well, he had... 
I guess from st- studio albums, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I had more than that. From nineteen, well, then he had compilation albums uh, with his stuff on it too. But his first album was in nineteen sixty-one, and his last one, Freddie King, Larger Than Life. Really, his first one 19- was in sixty-one. I figured yeah. it was like fifty-five or something. Freddie King sings. Which one is that called? This is you've got a bonanza of instrumentals. Okay, so that was 1965. I thought his first one was in the mid-50s. That was well, a boy, boy, do I have egg on my vase. Yeah, but then, like, Getting Ready, Texas Cannonball, and Burglar, which are most of his famous ones, were in the 70s. Yeah, well, that's right before he died. Right. That's right. where he, he, he... You heard it on Lock In Him. He, that thing happened where he, he like, zenithed. Mm-hmm. It was like when uh, Gene Gray, like, turns into the Phoenix, right? Right. Everyone around is just shock and awe, and then bam. Is there somebody like that today, like Freddie King? Eric Clapton would be the closest, because he's got that touch. Okay. That he can do it. Yeah, he... The thing with... with, It's unfortunate, like, with the Freddie King, because he never got to play in front of... Like, imagine Freddie King in front of an audience of 30,000 people. He would... Yeah, they would all be they would all be crying on each other. Right, half of them would have just been dead. They would have just (laughs) passed out from just stupidity. Shouldn't have even been there. (laughs) But he never even got to do that. You know what I mean? No, he did. Like he did a great tour with Clapton. I think maybe in like seventy two. Right. Oh, I don't know. But and they played together and stuff. But no, I don't think there's anyone that is as far as the like emotional side of guitar playing that happens. Yeah. Cause there's, there's probably like directors where you're like, man, I love this guy's movies. Like there's just the way they're shot. Maybe the right. colors or yeah. something. There's tonal like textures that happen in like guitar playing, which like when I gravitate towards people like slash Freddie King, uh, Alan Collins from Leonard Skinner, more kind of like off the radar guitar players, Rory Gallagher, there's there's a thing that happens with their hands where the guitar is out of tune, uh-huh. but they're in tune with the guitar. So it's like like a Kubrick film, right? Where it's like, well, this looks out of focus, and then all this new shit happens. Yeah. It's just like a, a I don't know, segue to like the next thing. Like it's just they're like it's like a, just a pastiche for you to like just take the next stupid step into the 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 art of it, I guess. So like Yoko couldn't do that, but well, Freddie King can. Well, Yoko, but that but that's the point though. That's the point. There you go. Did um, Freddie King never needed to tell anyone he was an artist? Did Did Freddie King ever play with like Beatles or Stones or anybody? He played with the Stones a little bit and Clapton a ton. Yeah, I do. Clap. But no, the Beatles. No, the Beatles never did that because they were their originators. Like they invented rock. Okay. They they the Stones were the only British band that would like acknowledge where their sound was actually coming from. Like where the Beatles would just go, "Oh, we've never even heard of America before." They were playing the tongue right. in cheek. They were playing the game. You know, the Stones were like. Yeah, we fucking heard of America. We've been listening to these fucking Muddy Waters albums. Go out here and fucking get this thumb. Get you some. 
they've already heard it. I mean, they weren't trying to be original. So for somebody who's getting into Freddie King, where should they start? I would start at the end and go backwards. So go from Larger Than Life or Burglar back. Burglar's a killer fucking album. It's a great man. album. Somebody's God, there's not. You can't even start at a bad spot. I don't know. It, your heart will be broken less if you start at the end and go backwards. Correct. Because to me, he's not dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> like when I hear him, you're like, I, that guy's alive still. Let's go see I him. I feel it. Like I, I, that guy makes me feel that like, like I'm at one with the universe. Like it's. Does anybody else make you feel that way? Like musician wise, Dwayne Allman. Okay. Well, well, so yeah, that's you, a big compliment for you. Dude, he you he, you even said it before we even started recording. You went, "God, he, it, you heard it." Like you yeah. went, "It's it's what he's doing." Yeah. He's so angry and like he's not playing like Eddie Van Halen. He's not hitting every note on the neck. Yeah. He's finding five notes and he goes, "Listen, like listen to these." Yeah. Like he makes you listen. Like right. he commands your attention. He does he he doesn't need to be flashy. No. He's just being honest. Nope. And I think his honest... He's one of the few musicians where the like the sincerity of the honesty really translates through the music. I, I, don't, I couldn't think of anyone more honest than Albert or Freddie King. Yeah. Any of the Kings. Any of the Kings. But Freddie is definitely the best of all the Kings. Freddie is great. I, um, I have the Lucille, the B.B. King guitar. Uh, wait, what? Yeah, I have one. Oh, you don't have the one. Hell no. <laughs> there ain't enough Jameson in the world to make me buy that thing. Uh, I'd rather have the Freddie King on if I spent the money. But that's what I'm saying. You see this guy holding that guitar? Yeah. He's like, you know something good's going to come out of it. Well, no. but it, It's the, the force of which it's about to happen with. Right. Because that guitar is huge. Yeah, no, that's a gigantic guitar. Yeah. I can't imagine you playing that. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And then his whole hand is covering the neck. Like, my hand would look like a like one Girl Scout cookie on the thing, right? <laughs> like, oh, this... They think I'm a little kid struggling. Like, yeah. what's this guy going to do? This guitar's so heavy. And I'm all like... Oh. <laughs> falling over. Yeah, hauling over. Like, hauling oats. Hauling over. Hauling over. <laughs> Oh, Freddie King. Yeah, start with Burglar. Um, start with any of them and just thank us later. Yeah, you on like Reddit. Freddie King. So we got three responses on Reddit. We got more. We got four or five. But I also posted it last night, so we'll we'll do better next time. We could we could ask people what they really think about Breakfast at Tiffany's. I think it's a great song. Great, great song. It's a hell of a song. So listen to uh, Deep Blue Something. Breakfast at Tiffany's and listen to every Freddie King album. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week with more info and more music on the Unbalanced Note. I'm Brian Kluger with BoomstickComics.com. We are on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and we are with Jacob Douglas. You can find him on Instagram at Scrumchalescence or at Good Records. So uh, listen to us, and we'll <laughs> be back.